The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who is infinite in not only his skill, but his wisdom, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'll take the skill compliment i don't know about the wisdom compliment <laughs> well i mean uh, you're a, you're a dad you know you're aged yeah. <laughs> like myself like you know with those things comes wisdom being a parent and, and aged sure sure wisdom <laughs> yeah yeah awesome. definitely not infinite but i hear you <laughs> uh if you didn't have the chance to listen to our show last week yet guest or guest listener uh i encourage you to go back and take a listen uh we had Jerry Hawthorne on, and it was, I think, a great conversation about his upcoming game, Familiar Tales, which Josh and I, you know, both pre-ordered during the show, because of course we did. That's just the way that Why we were. We? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my mic was a little blown out during that episode, so my apologies there. I think we're good to go. We are doing a new recording method now, so uh, I had tested it, of course, multiple times, and it was fine. But then, of course, when we recorded the show, yeah, it didn't work the way we I thought it was going to. But that's okay. Yeah. Hopefully, this week is better, so... Uh, yeah, we we are upping our production values, and we'll have the ability to add audio and all of these things to the show. No show now. We're we're so professional, Josh. Right. It only took us <laughs> two hundred and fourteen episodes, <laughs> and we're still not totally there, but we're getting there slowly but surely. We're getting there. Um, we're recording this the Sunday before Thanksgiving in the U.S. here, so I know some of our Canadian friends already had Thanksgiving, so congratulations to all of you. Uh, but for us, Americans, uh, Thanksgiving's right around the corner here. So, Josh, for our pregame topic this week, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Thanksgiving, but not the traditional things we've talked about, because we've always kind of talked about, like, Thanksgiving traditions and what we typically do. Like, we've covered those things before. But, Josh, yeah. what I want to know is, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up, where do you rank it amongst the holidays? Is it a top three holiday, a top five holiday? Like, is it your number one? How does Thanksgiving rank for you? It's up there. Um, I really like Thanksgiving because it's one of, if not the only holiday where there are zero expectations. It's just kind of uh, show up, socialize, eat. You don't have to worry about, I mean, now we do like, uh, we pick names out of a hat for like the swap gifts or Christmas, but no obligation to remember to bring gifts. Uh, no obligation to leave at any point or go out. I know some people have to travel. Luckily, I don't have to travel for Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. Uh, it's getting weirder now, though, because... As I get older, there's less family to celebrate it with. Right. If that makes sense. So it does yeah. feel, it does get a little like, I don't know if sad's the right word. Um, you're just having less conversations. <laughs> so 
Um, you know, and it really depends on, you know, that's that, how that plays out. So, uh, I don't know, maybe second behind Christmas. Oh, so very high for you, then number two. So when you yeah. say that you pick the swap gifts for Christmas, like, so you pick your swap gifts for Christmas, you pick the names at Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Who does like the cooking? Like, where do you typically go? Um, well, you know, it depends on the year. Um, my aunt usually cooks the turkey and does a bunch of desserts and she'll do mashed potatoes sometimes. And then my folks will do, um, all the other veggies, squash, mm -hmm. carrots, all that stuff. Um, last year, my cousin deep fried, he air fried a turkey. No, not deep fried it. He air fried a turkey. So we had air fried turkey and a cooked turkey last year. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's a lot of turkey. Uh, but now he's back to work and he works at a um, an indoor water park. So their busiest days are Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas. So he has to work. So last year he was out of work because of the pandemic. So he won't be around, I don't think, for too long this year. So we'll be down another person. Um, so it is, you know... Um, that is weird too, but we always have way too much dessert, regular food, you know, I think the normal stuff that people have, turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, the works. I don't think yeah. that we have anything abnormal or I don't think that we're missing anything that would make us abnormal either. So I think we're right in that stereotypical Thanksgiving Americana dinner. Gotcha. Do you think if you were the one who had to cook? Like if you were the ones who were hosting everything and you were cooking, do you think that would change the ranking for you? Of course. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, that's a lot of work. Um, I do. I love hosting. And uh, to be honest, like my house was the house for from college till I had a kid uh, to have social gatherings. So I like hosting. I really do. Obviously, the worst part is cleanup. But now I have such a small group of friends. Most people help clean up to a certain degree. Right. Um, so I wouldn't mind hosting Thanksgiving. I do think it would change um, on that chart because there's way more food preparation, for, at least for my family, for Thanksgiving. Like Christmas or Easter, it's like, hey, pasta. Easy. <laughs> Pasta, yeah. meatball, sausage. The end. <laughs> so there's definitely more food um, preparation for Thanksgiving. How about you? What are you guys doing this year? Yeah, so I mean, we're Thanksgiving is us here always. We don't really get together with family for Thanksgiving. Uh, typically, is the uh, partners on call for work, so we don't really go anywhere. Uh, but you know, we still do the whole kit and caboodle for us. We are making one change though this year. Uh, you know, I, I talked a few weeks ago how we were looking at doing something pretty different than the traditional food. Uh, we decided after time, uh, we decided to stick pretty traditional, actually. But we're making one big change in that we're not doing a turkey or a ham. We're going to do a pork loin. So that's kind of like our big change. But everything else is going to be the the traditional foods. Um and I think Thanksgiving for me is probably up there in the top three as far as holidays go. Like Christmas is probably number one. Fourth of July is actually probably number two, but that's mostly still because my memories of the Fourth of July. It's not something that we're actively doing as much as we used to. Um, my family used to have a huge picnic on the Fourth of July. We'd all go out to my grandparents' house, so we'd have like 
our family and extended family. So there'd be, you know, 40 to 60 people at my grandparents' lake place. So like the memories of those still, I still hold very dear. Um, so I, nothing like that has happened in, in many years, but for me, like those memories are still uh, elevate 4th of July to second for me, but then Thanksgiving would be third. Cause you know, we started our, we have a few Thanksgiving traditions. We started, we made our uh, Thanksgiving week lasagna today um, because we'll just eat lasagna today, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like that will be our meal that we eat. So we made a huge lasagna today um, and we started our cookie baking. We bake cookies every year for um, our coworkers and friends that, that we send out and, and all that good stuff. And, you know, we, that is a long process and it's a lot of cookies that we make. We make over a thousand cookies every year and Whoa. yeah, it's a lot of cookies. <laughs> so we started today, we made uh, six different batches of dough that are in the fridge cooling so that they can start getting baked tomorrow. And yeah, it's, it's a, it's kind of how we spend our time and we do that these few days being really busy. And then by the time Thursday rolls around, the goal is just to eat and play board games. So that's really what our hope is for the weekend is just kind of doing all of that. So uh, as a result, I just really like it. We have kind of our own traditions going with it. It's a bummer that we don't see family for sure, uh, but yeah. we do have fun traditions that we enjoy doing every year with it. So I think number three for me um, is where it'd sit right now. So nice. Yeah. With that, though, we are going to kind of move on and get on with the show. But listener, we want to know, where does Thanksgiving rank for you? Is it a top three holiday, a number one holiday? Is it not even the top five, maybe? Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time contemplating other like holidays other than potentially New Year's, potentially Halloween. That would like supersede all these other holidays, you know. But hey, I want to know, listener, if you have others, let us know. Uh, but thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter, or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of playing some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG, just like Edwin Kahlo, Chris M., Devin Tyus, Joe Wilson, Josh Barboni, Nick Creature. Paul Calicote, R.J. Kern, Stephen Keller, Zach Adams, Michael Taylor, Trucker Sloth, and of course, Horse Girl 69. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, we're going to move on and talk a little bit about what we've been playing recently. Josh, what has been taking your time as of late? Well, we've been playing a couple of the same games, so I will start with uh, Inscription. I'm still playing Inscription. I think I'm I am I am at the I am right at the end. I think uh, I almost spoiled something, so I'm glad I didn't <laughs> say anything. I'm right at I think I'm right at the end. I suspect I'm right at the end. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, we finally got Gloomhaven Physical Edition back to the table last night, and I was finally able to retire uh, Korg Waititi, uh, my Cragheart, uh, who was almost max level. In fact, I ended up seven experience points shy of max leveling him before retiring him. I finally got my 15 Vermling kills. Uh it was a long time coming. Felt really nice. Uh, my new character will be, I haven't named her yet, um, but the Inox Berserker is my next character, which I unlocked when I retired my character. 
uh, which is pretty cool. Oh, very um, cool. I'm excited to uh, figure out a new style of play because at the point I was at, like my guy was just destroying not, oh, not easily, but he was very, pretty powerful. Uh, but of course I'm going from a level eight character down to a level five when I start, because you're starting character like rounds to the party's level. So yeah. So who knows how long that's going to be till we play it again, but it was pretty great to, to do it. It was a fun mission. We only get to play one because uh, everyone's time is pretty tight right now, but it was nice to get back together with the guys. How many play. missions or however you want to look at it? Like <laughs> how much did you play like to get to the point of retiring your character? Well, I'll say this. Um, they have already both retired their characters. And I think one of them retired two characters, if I'm oh, not goodness. mistaken. Um, I mean, we've been playing. When did Gloomhaven come out? So we've been playing for two years, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not regularly. Like it's, you know, when we started playing, we were able to do it once a week and then it slowly changed to once a month. And sometimes we could get two games in one night. Sometimes we could get three games in depending. Um, so it's been a long time to get, to get him to where I got him to, but also when you draw the retirement cards, they're random. So you don't know. You get two random cards. You have to pick one for your retirement like, like thing. And I thought, kill 15 Vermlings, they're rats. That should be easy. But we we locked ourselves out of a quest to get more Vermlings because we chose a different option in the, the quest before it. So that locked out that Vermlings quest. And coincidentally, the time before this last time we played, we unlocked this Vermlings one. So we were like, okay, we definitely are doing this one next. Because Okay, so the game came out in 2017. Because did you back it immediately on Kickstarter? I got the second edition. So okay. it was like a year later. Okay. I think. So, yeah, so it's 2018 until now. That's a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many plays. We didn't log the number of plays. But um, also the first scenario, we lost like four times the first time we played it, which takes a lot of time out. <laughs> right. For sure. Uh, until we figured out what we were doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I was, I'm, I'm just, it was, it was a blast to play and, and uh, get back in the, in the Gloomhaven world. Uh, I randomly decided to play a game pass game that wasn't assigned to me as homework. <laughs> and it's called XO one. Mm-hmm. I actually, I downloaded it because I didn't know anything about it, but I saw a screenshot that reminded me of Journey from the PlayStation. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, this could be interesting. So um, I booted up and uh, it is interesting. It has a um, a story that slowly like deciphers itself revolving um, astronauts and a Jupiter mission um, you're not really quite sure who or what you are, but essentially you do end up controlling a spherical ball that uh, is, a, I would guess, is a UFO of some sort. And you can speed up with the right trigger and you can jump uh, twice, you get two jumps, and then you can turn into like a flat disc and hover the left trigger. 
Um, and you are literally um, rolling and floating on the surface of planets in the solar system. Not just our solar system, in solar systems. And um, I'm not really quite sure where I, I have to assume I'm close to the end because I've put a few hours into it already. Um, I'm not really sure where the story is going, but uh, I don't want to spoil what my thoughts are. But it's a very chill game. Like, it's very relaxing. It's also a game that when I started playing, I was like, oh, I'm not going to play much of this. And then I like, it's like, oh, two hours later, I'm still playing because <laughs> I don't want to stop. And it's still on quick resume on my console because I got to a planet. I was finally confused by how to proceed. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to stop. Let's keep going. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still playing Forza Horizon 5. I am still loving it. Uh, I'm not so much into the season uh, stuff as every like apparently everyone else is because they give you, um, I'll I guess I'll call them in-game missions for each season, so you can like unlock cars or things like that. And uh, I'm still chucking away at my map, like I'm trying to knock out um, any new um, race or danger sign or speed trap that I have on my map until I got all the new stuff knocked out, and then I'll focus on season stuff. But I hit level 82 today. Gosh. Uh, really just having a great time playing it. Uh, I haven't really gone for much of the boards or stuff like that. So I'm kind of right. just taking it as it comes. Um, but I'm still loving it. I think it's uh, fantastic. Um, and yeah, Halo Infinite. Another game that is on Game Pass. But it's also free to play if you want. And yeah, it's um it's the Halo multiplayer I've wanted since Halo 3 maybe 4 3 Halo 3. Um I'm just really enjoying how fun it is it, even when it's frustrating. It still feels like a ton of fun. Um I don't get so like worked up like I do with Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's also harder in Halo to like camp spawn points because they you know drop you at different places all the time and right and you're always moving always moving in Halo because you have these objectives typically it's very rare that i get deathmatch or team deathmatch when i'm doing quick play uh i believe which i'm not opposed slayer to. slayer thank you slayer <laughs> or team slayer uh, but yes i'm having a great time i did get the battle pass uh only because i i had a ten dollar microsoft um credit so I was like, oh, I'll just pay the extra 10 bucks and get the game, the season pass. Uh, but yeah, that's all I'm playing right now. Um, who knows what's coming up next for me? <laughs> for sure. Uh, so my video games for very similar. Uh, I also started Forza Horizon 5. Well, to back up, um, I, I now have my Xbox Series X. Uh, so nice. I now have uh, one room of my house set up with a television, my PlayStation 4, and my Xbox one and xbox one x there we go uh and then i have the other television with my ps5 and my series x so i have <laughs> you know a nice little game set up between my between the two different rooms and it's you know if the partner ever wants to play a video game with me and it's something that we need to, to set up for or two different places to play like we now have that in our house which is kind of cool we've never really had that before but so i booted up uh i'll start with forza horizon 5 uh just because you know, I am not the person who's typically a, a driving game person or a racing game person. And I know everyone tells me this isn't a racing game. It's a driving game. 
uh, hmm, I really, really want to like Forza. Like, I really <laughs> want to, Josh. And I yes. really think it comes down to the fact that I'm just not good at it. And that makes it really hard to want to continue to play because I yeah. never feel like I'm doing well, you know? And I, I do appreciate the carrots that they give you of, oh, you know, here's how many roads you found and you have a friend who's found this many or here's how many areas or billboards or whatever. Like, I do appreciate that carrot that they're fought, small little goals that you can continue to improve upon. I just, I don't know why I'm so bad at driving in games. I'm just not good at it. And every, even against, like, at least this time in Forza Horizon 4, I actually, like, crashed in, like, the intro thing. And that didn't at least happen this time. Like, I got through, like, the little beginning little vignettes that they have of, like, the four little things you have to do without crashing. So that was good. But, like, I'm doing the races against, I think they're, the driver's cars are set at, like, average or medium or, like, whatever it is. I like get, It's such like, an average, full, yeah. Yeah. Like, I get, like, third and fourth, like, all the time. Like, I just can't do any better than that. Um, and yeah. And it's, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I just never feel like i'm doing well and it's not like i'm like oh i just barely missed first it's like i got third and then like fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth are like right behind me and like first second and third are like decently ahead of me you know and it's just i don't know i just never really feel like i'm doing well in it and that as a result like i don't have to do well in games always to have fun but yeah it it's more fun to win right like it just is of you know course, of course so yeah i'm gonna keep playing it though because i'm not super far into it i've probably only played for about 90 minutes yeah um i like i said i don't think the game is bad well, by any means find it's your just, car find your that? car there find your car there's that this is one thing that forza actually i think gets a credit and a demerit for because in the positive column, every car controls differently. Literally every car. Um, in fact, I I was I was playing with Lucas. We were playing co-op, and I I think I picked um, a, a car. Like they give you the recommended cars if you're doing yep. things, and I picked the drifting car, and I didn't realize it. And and it drifts on a dime. You can't control it. Like you can't go straight. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, yep. I can't drive. I can't drive this. And some of the um, like I did a stunt driver one I was doing today, which is like a quest story where you're like, you become a stunt driver for a film. And the car they gave me was like all over the road. And it took me a while to get used to it, but also it was a rally car and they're way better in the dirt. Right. So I think it, I, I understand what you're saying. I don't think you should feel guilty or forced, not forced, but like forced to play. Um, I understand what you're saying because I am like I I'm like that with Dark Souls Souls games like I I feel like I contain the skills to be good at those games I just cannot play those games because I am terrible at them <laughs> and I think I feel like I feel like how you do and like Forza does something tricky too because I'll start feeling real good about myself in Forza and it'll be like hey uh, you haven't lost a race in a while should we increase your difficulty. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I feel great. And then I'm in eighth place for six mat, uh, like races. And then it goes, hey, you've lot, you haven't won in a few races. Should we lower your difficulty? And I'm like, ugh, I guess. <laughs> I don't feel so great about it anymore. But and then I'm back in first place again. Um, yeah, I think yeah. the challenge of that for me is, you know, I've also heard that you got to find your car, find the cars that work for you. Mm -hmm. There's so many cars, Josh. Like, I, it's almost like. 
how quickly do you find the needle in the haystack, right? Like that's almost right. what it feels like. And I'm, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I, what car do I go to try to find, to find my car? Right. Cause I don't start think with I the car you yet. like, start with the car you like, like in real life, like yeah. a Mustang or a Camaro or, um, Shelby Cobra. Uh, there's a really nice, uh, there's a couple of really nice Lamborghinis and Porsches that control really well. Just got to find it. Just got to find yeah. it. Yeah, you got to find it. <laughs> gotta find like, it. <laughs> how do I find it? But I know, yeah, I so I am going to keep playing it. Uh, I wanted to play it more, but I was trying to make sure that I got everything else done. Oh, it actually reminded me. Sorry, I'm going to. There's one game I have to talk about next or I'll forget it. Um, but yeah, so I like I said, I'm going to keep playing it. I respect a ton of what Playground Games does. I think they're a brilliant developer. Um, I'm going to keep playing to see if I can find the thing that like hooks me into this one. But so far, yeah. Forza is treating me like most driving games do. But like I said, I recognize and respect um, what they have put together because it is a great package and a great piece of content and a great game. Um, I just don't know if it's for me. Um, building off that before I go to Halo, uh, I actually finished Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. So yeah, pretty excited about that. Uh, that was kind of my, I had set the goal for myself as I know Josh had said, uh, assign me playing Resident Evil 8. And I was like, you know, I'm in the midst of this narrative-driven game. I, mean, I really want to finish this game before I play, start Resident Evil 8. So I did. I finished it. And I know we've talked about this game on the podcast before. And I know other people have talked about it a ton. But it just is super surprising. I enjoyed this game way more than I thought I was going to. Um, it just... Yeah, I'm just really, really surprised by how much I enjoyed the game. How much fun it is. How much I like the characters the banter, the the dialogue. I will say towards the end of the game, uh, you get to a point where if you haven't played the game, like the characters are talking to each other all of the time. By the end of the game, they start duplicating their lines pretty regularly, oh, which no. <laughs> when you're just like out and about, like in combat and stuff. Yeah. I hit some points where it was pretty much like every two minutes I was hearing like a really similar or the exact same line. And I was like, okay, I just think we maybe ran out of time at this point. Like we just, you know, got to the point where we didn't, couldn't record a ton of stuff. So that, at yeah. that point, it got a little repetitive and, and as far as the dialogue went. But overall, just really impressed with the game. It was a lot of fun. Had a couple of glitches here and there, um, a couple of bugs, but nothing that was game breaking. Uh, and just overall, like, that was a great story. It was heartfelt and uh, really kind of a heavy, actually really heavy topic stuff, but done so with a little bit of humor to to lighten like what was going on there but if you haven't played it like it's on sale super cheap for black friday like everywhere uh i really recommend it i think it's a great time if you're looking for a pretty darn linear story game that's going to take you 15 to 20 hours depending if you how much you do explore um i think it's worth it i think it's definitely and i don't think you have to be like a marvel fan to like it because these characters right. are like on the fringe enough, like, yeah, you've probably seen the movies, but there's enough about them that you don't know that you can learn. I do have a, a few minor, like, quibbles with the upgrade system and things like that. Like, I had my stuff, I was, like, fully upgraded by, like, chapter 10, and I think there's, like, 16 chapters in the game. So then you're, like, picking <laughs> up, like, resources that don't matter because, like, you're fully right. upgraded, you know? Um, and you, you do get a point to where you unlock, like, you're earning like experience that gives you like um, points to like unlock um, abilities for the characters. Um, and I think I had those all like completely unlocked by like chapter 12 <laughs> or something like that. So then it's like, you're like earning XP, but not because it just doesn't matter anymore. Right. Uh, so yeah. So there's a few quibbles there, but overall, like I said, I think it's a great time. So highly recommend guardians of the galaxy. And like I said, if you haven't picked it up, uh, it's on sale, super cheap for black Friday stuff uh, right now. Um, so go ahead and check that out. 
Uh, yeah. Also jumped in then to Halo Infinite, so like everyone with Halo Infinite's multiplayer drop early. I mean, so much for campaign and multiplayer releasing on the same day. You know what yeah, I'm saying? No kidding. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Uh, so I jumped in. Overall, it feels like Halo. Uh, it feels a lot like Halo 3. To me, at least. Um, and that was the last Halo I played a ton of. And when I say a ton of, I played literally hundreds and hundreds of hours of Halo 3 <laughs> multiplayer. Um, so, yeah, I'm having a good time with it. The gameplay is really smooth. I do think it's interesting that I'm way better on a regular like Xbox One controller than I am with the Elite controller when I'm playing. I don't know why that is. But, like, I and maybe if there's a way I can adjust stick tension, I don't know. But, like, I, I feel like I cannot maintain like my my aim is just crap with the elite controller like i don't know what it is um and but when i play with like the regular controller like i do just fine so maybe it's because i don't jump as much so i'm more able to like maintain my aim i don't know but oh man with the elite i am just hot garbage at the game like really really bad um and as soon as i just literally just switch controllers i was not saying I'm, i'm setting the world on fire but I'm finishing like positive in every game. I am leading, yeah. you know, in objective games, doing pretty darn good. A couple of bit, multiple big team battles in a row, like top of the leaderboard for my team. Like I'm doing okay. Like I'm hanging in there. But man, with yeah. that elite control, I just can't do anything. I don't know what the deal Weird. is. It is, <laughs> and I, like I said, I know it's completely on me. Like I know it's a user thing. Um, because that's a great controller. I just I don't know what it is. Uh, a couple of small quibbles. I, I they need to have more playlists right now. Like yes. there's just not yeah. enough. Like. That is like everything quick play, big team battle, or ranked, and that's it. Like that, I really, and I know that will come with time, but kind of like you said, like if you want to play Slayer, hopefully you get lucky with searching, (laughs) you know. So, yeah, there's just the ability to not refine that is a little bit disappointing. I understand, like I said, why it's there right now. It is technically in beta, technically. But I played more that, oddball than I care for. Yeah, I played a ton of oddball. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> and I don't mind oddball, but it just is really frustrating when like and I feel like this happens in oddball probably most more than most other game modes. Uh like you'll kill the person with the ball and like everyone yeah. on the team just stands there because like no one wants to pick it up. And you're like, fine, I'll take the oddball. It'll be great. Um, I saw a new strategy. There were two two people on the same team standing with their backs against a wall and then one would drop it and the other one would pick it up and then they would drop it and then the other one would pick it up while like people are just like fully like trying to take them out oh it actually worked for some strange reason for for like a minute them both i know well i there was like some (laughs) someone would be coming back in they must have had it worked out where oh well yeah people like waiting in deck (laughs) that is one of the challenges with oddball i think that if you're playing like with a random group and then the other team even has like two people who are coordinating i think oddball is really tough to win at that point um but i again that's not a game mode issue that's just how the team makeup i think you know capture the flag and things like that i I don't think are quite well i think that can happen in actually most objective based games (laughs) but um yeah and Big team battle uh, is hectic as I'll get up. I itch. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, the one mode where you have to capture the three areas and then capture the three areas again. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Anyway, I can't remember the name of it, but the first These time I played D, it, right? I can't. Yeah. I just can't remember. But anyway, the first time we played it or I played it, uh, we would, we, we fought to a draw. We fought the entire map the entire time. And we each held basically like one and then just fought the entire time over the quote unquote third point, even though we each had one. 
uh, and the game went to a draw. So in my mind, I was like, man, this game was going to go to this like every single time where it's just going to be this fight. And I'm like, how are you supposed to like capture all three of these multiple times? Like, how is that ever going to happen? Uh, and then the next, what is it? Strongholds. Strong. Okay. And then the next two times we played it immediately, like, my team just got decimated, like three Oh three Oh, like they captured all three, captured all three, captured all three. And I was just like, how, how, <laughs> how does this happen? I don't even understand. Like if we just try to fight over one of them, theoretically, this shouldn't happen. And my, Oh, we just got rolled. It was bad. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I, I do think that there it is a little stripped down, which I think people like. Like that's why people like Halo. Uh I think though that for me personally, that means it's a game I want to play more with friends than I do by myself. Just because from a battle pass perspective, and I know like I get why the battle pass is the way it is, and they've improved it. Like you do like work your way up it quicker than you did even a week ago at release. But since it never expires, right? And like, it just keeps going. You don't have to like, there's no end date on it. Like there are in most battle passes. I get why what they structured it the way they did, but it is kind of disappointing when you have like a really good game that you like, feel like you wrecked shop it, but your team lost. And then you come out and get absolutely nothing for it. That is yeah. kind of yeah. like a, a bummer of a feeling. Right. Um, and I get like, you know, we didn't used to have battle passes and should we always have to have like the gratification, but sometimes, honestly, if I get my, if we, if I do well, but we lose and I don't get that thing, it's like, well, forget it. I'm just done playing then. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> if you had given me a little something, then I'd be like, oh, okay. That game didn't, we didn't get the W, but I got a little something for this. So I'm going to play again. Um, so I think it can be helpful there. But like I said, I know they're tweaking that regularly and they're, they're listening to feedback on it. So for me, not a huge quibble, yeah. really the biggest quibble is just, we need more playlists. That's the biggest thing right now, but overall really enjoying Halo Infinite. Um, and then finally... Resident Evil 8. Josh assigned this as my homework. Uh, Josh, how much have you finished Resident Evil 8? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, Josh, I <laughs> wanted to make sure I could say I played it for my homework. Uh, <laughs> you know, at the very beginning of the game, I'm going to try to do this as spoiler free for anyone who hasn't played it. At the very beginning of the game, you're in the house. And yeah. then you're not in the house. Mm -hmm. like the, it's basically all cutscene stuff happens. And then mm -hmm. you're like in the snow. With a flashlight. That's how much you played. That's how far I got. So I played like 20 minutes. <laughs> but I wanted to be able to say I played it. But what I will say is that that like storybook thing they do at the very beginning. Yeah. I want that to be a game. Where is that yeah. game with that art style? Like everything that I want. It's like the Harry Potter story too. I know. Do. Oh my gosh. It looks so cool. But anyway, so I have technically played it, but not enough to be able to comment on it at okay. all. Uh, I did watch the like recap for RE7 because I've never played RE7. And now I'm like, do I need to play RE7? Uh, but it's short, I guess. So I think I probably could still get a lot out of it and have a good time playing it. But I at least have played RE8 and I plan to continue to play it. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm done with my homework now. I'm good to go. Like I do plan actually tonight, depending on how things go, uh, to yeah. play more. So I'm um, looking forward to it actually. So that is what I have been playing. Uh, really excited though, cool. and hoping that. Next week when we do this topic, um, I'll have a crud ton of board games to talk about is what the hope is. So with that, then, Josh, we're going to kind of move on to our topics of the show. What is your first topic this week? So, Kyle. Yeah. Um, when. Uh, quote, when it's ready, unquote, is perhaps too long of a wait. We must talk about Star Citizen. <laughs> a game that. 
has now crossed the $400 million crowdfunding mark. A game that has not released to the public. Uh, so, Star Citizen is developed by Cloud Imperium Games. And, yeah. They, uh, they have been taking in tons of cash. This game is, I think, eight or nine years old. And I should know that off the back of my hand, but I don't. Nine years. It's still an alpha. It's an alpha. So my guess is that it's only accessible to Kickstarter backers for this game because I haven't seen this in the public's hands. But they have over 3 million customers, as they call them, 3 million backers to their thing. That's insane. Um, And it took eight months to make another $50 million, which is where... In March, they hit their $350 million raise, but they were still short on developing this game. Now, uh, they kind of talk about how it's been a little controversial through like the updates on uh, crowdfunding and how they're not really super vocal with their backers. But this is also the game that we've seen like pretty much like every actor under the sun has filmed something for this game. Um, it's just very like CGI heavy. There's a single player story, all this kind of stuff. Um, but they, they're still saying that uh, as of October of last year, that they still, quote, still have a ways to go, unquote, <laughs> before even... They're what they call Squadron 42, which is a single player story, um, even hits beta. So it's currently seven years behind its original delivery target. <laughs> so my question, I guess, to you is, um, does this still fall under that umbrella of release it when it's done? And what if they don't make more money this month? All the money that those three million people gave them goes away. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, Star Citizen is kind of like the original NFT, right? Like you own something that doesn't exist. So, hey, nope. there you go. Yeah, That's maybe. a good marketing <laughs> yeah, idea I, for them. Star, the it is NFT. a fascinating <laughs> case study. It really is because if you think about how many millions of people have given money to a game that is still an alpha. There was supposed to be this huge single player campaign that was supposed to be out like seven years ago that is still like not even in beta yet. Uh, it, it really is kind of mind boggling. Now, with that being said, there are st- you can play it right. There is stuff to play. So it's not like you're getting nothing for your money, but it is kind of fascinating that you can literally buy ships that like don't exist in the game yet. You're like, hey, here's money for this thing. That might eventually someday be in the game. And then when it is, I'll get to have it. Like, it's kind yeah. of ridiculous that people are doing it. But who am I to judge people for how they spend their money? If you really love, you know, kind of where things are going and what it has been happening with it. Good on you. I guess spend your money on, on it. But I really. It's kind of amazing that in. When we look at the things that have happened with like cyberpunk and the gta trilogy that we're going to talk about and maybe it's because these have are quote-unquote done games whereas this game is very clearly talks about how it's not done 
people just don't right. care as much. But uh, it, like, what other game can you think of cost four hundred million dollars, Josh? I mean, maybe Red Dead Redemption Two. Probably, yeah. Like but, those are like I think, but maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, the game, what they have for the game looks incredible, but it's also a PC only game as well. So you're also super limiting your crowd. I just, I don't understand how they can raise this much money. And it's kind of crazy to think that there was, they were only a 400 person team when they started raising that much money. Right. (laughs) Imagine like what the pressure you feel. Um, so yes, I, I think it is, is Probably fine for people who are in alpha, right? Because they're still playing it. Um, and having been in, had, I had, this is not comparable to me having Gloomhaven because I bought it in early access because anyone could have done it. Um, but I just, it's, you're right. The nothing like this has ever happened in gaming before. Now there is, I just, Hey, a free trial from November 19th to December 1st. If you want to try it, I'm not going to download it now, but I might, (laughs) I might try it. (laughs) But even if you want to get in on the starter packs, it's 40 bucks, 76 bucks, depending on which one you want to choose. Uh, uh, and those are on sale, and that's the price of the sale price. <laughs> right. For a game that isn't out yet. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm really curious about the game and how it plays and feels. Um, But I'm also like, I don't know if this is like a good sign for gaming. Yeah. Like, it- what is this set? Like, what, does this set, like, like this, I don't want to say benchmark. Just set this like expectation that it doesn't matter in gaming. Like if like, what if Rockstar wanted to crowdfund Red Dead Redemption Three or GTA Six? Yeah. Like, what are they responsible for at that point? I do think it is a little different because, kind of as you alluded to, when um, is it Cloud Imperium? Is that who the developer is? Yeah, Cloud yeah. Imperium. When when they started, as you said, they were really small, right? They weren't a 2K who has a ton of money who yeah. then suddenly is going to look to, to crowdfund a game, right? They they needed some support to be able to get their game going. And they had lofty expectations of what they wanted to do. What is interesting, like, this game has been, like, part of conversations, like, the entire time, like, we've been part of PSVG, which is what's ridiculous, and the game yeah. still hasn't released. You know, so, like, <laughs> back before there was a board with video games, like, this was a game we were talking about. And the fact that it still hasn't released, that there's no release date on, it, like, in the future, and the fact that the game that is in alpha is, like, at a three-point whatever for the updates. It's not, like, it's usually games prior to, like, full release are, like, point or like zero point something um, for their yeah. version. And this is at version three point like seven right now. <laughs> like that's just so unusual as far as like game development goes. And I know that tech, that number doesn't mean nothing. It could be a million. It could be like negative a million. Like it really doesn't matter, but it, it just kind of is an interesting. It's so unique in the landscape of games of, of just perpetual. Like the last thing I can think of that was even close to this was like Minecraft pre Microsoft. Like when Mi- Minecraft was in beta for a really long time. It felt like at least that it was kind of perpetually in beta and people were spending 15 to $20 to play it. Um, and it was yeah. still one of the biggest games in the world. 
that's what this kind of feels like, except for like four times as long. They've raised 402. We'll round it up. They raised $403 million. They currently have 3,364,792 players. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. For a game that is now. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and they have stretch goals, of course, <laughs> that are all listed on their regular like webpage. And like as they're getting more money, they're accomplishing more stretch goals for a game that isn't done. <laughs> so they're like, let's add more things to our list of things we need to do. <laughs> well, and it's ridiculous like, to think too that they they have seven hundred employees. Which is a huge jump. Which is yeah. huge. That is a massive studio. There are a handful of studios that are that size. Like total in the globally. Like there are very, very few studios that are 700 plus people. And they want to get up to 1,000. That is. Well, maybe that'll get their game out. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Like they were, were at like 14 or whatever. You know, like and, they still, and they've gone up to 700. So I, I, clearly that hasn't helped that much. No big deal. They stopped stretched goals. At $65 million. So, you know, that's where they stop stretch goals. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> they so. did add pets at $64 million. So. Well, you know what? That was important. It's good that they got the pets because without that, I don't really know if the game's worth it. So I don't know. Josh, what, yeah, was like, you mentioned potentially kind of downloading this, this free trial that they got rocking. Like, yeah, what would it take from this free trial for you to like jump in and back, become a backer, contribute money to Star Citizen? Ooh. It would have to be the next Mass Effect. No pressure <laughs> to this game. Uh, from, uh, from the videos, I see a little Mass Effect Deus Ex marriage in mm-hmm. the in the gameplay. It could be. Um, but who knows? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, anything else about Star Citizen or when is too long, too long you want to talk about? I will say it's been too long if I want to answer my own question. <laughs> yeah. But uh, otherwise... Uh, you know what? I'll check it out so I can so I can formulate my own opinion on the game and and you know I, I don't think my PC can handle it um, more than medium specs probably <laughs> so yeah. we'll see how that looks too. <laughs> yeah, I hear you there. I hear you there. I'll be very very curious. What if you had to guess? What year do you think yeah. Star Citizen will release? Oh. <laughs> or will it ever release? Twenty twenty four. Oh, I was gonna say twenty twenty five, but I like your optimism. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yeah, that's so my, optimism. <laughs> <laughs> my first story this week, Josh, or my first topic, uh, is you know, it's time to start thinking about the people we care the most about. And all of those people, as far as I'm concerned, deserve some board games for the holidays. So let's look at BGG has put together a holiday gift guide, and it's long. There's a whole ton of games on it. Uh so I want to kind of briefly touch on every category that they have. So here's kind of the plan, Josh. We're going to go through each category. I'm going to very yeah. quickly say what games are part of the category. And you are then going to say, of those games, which one you would most want to receive as a gift. And okay. if there's any game not on the list that you would recommend instead. Cool? Sure. Okay. And if you don't, and some of these categories like have significant overlap. So if you're like, I don't know if this fits in here, it's fine. Just go for it. It's totally fine. So okay. the first thing, and listener, you can find this at BoardGameGeek.com. It's like kind of their like main banner right now is, is checking out this holiday gift guide. So the first category they have is card games. And the things they have listed are the Crew, Mission Deep Sea, the Deadlies, 
Flourish, Coco Pelli, and Marvel Champions the Card Game. Josh, any of those that you're super interested in or would want to receive as a gift? Yeah, I have Marvel Champions and I desperately want to play it. I just don't. And I keep buying expansions going, I'll get to these one day. I just put them right in the box. I don't even look at them. <laughs> so uh, this would be the game I would most want, although I have it. It's the game I most want to play. Gotcha. That probably is the one I would pick as well. Potentially the crew mission deep sea, uh, but you know, partner's not super into trick taking games. So I don't know if that would happen, but all right, Josh, next one is cooperative games and they have Kim joy's magic bakery, the night cage roll camera, the filmmaking board game, sleeping gods and world of Warcraft wrath of the Lich King. Yeah. I mean, if world of Warcraft wasn't $70 at target, I would be yeah. interested. Um, I really want to play a Sleeping Gods. I know, like, based off of hearing from you, mm-hmm. I'm also super interested in the Night Cage and also shockingly Roll Camera because I've heard it's actually good. Right. And it didn't seem like it could be any good when I heard about what it was. So I'm actually interested in every game except Kim Joy's Magic Bakery and probably only because I don't know what that is. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Kim Joy's Magic Bakery because it looks adorable and it's $20. Yeah. So <laughs> I like a, a reasonably priced cooperative board game. Yes. Because it says players work together to fulfill recipes for animal patrons in a magical forest. What sounds oh, like? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Sure. So, all right. So those, those are some cooperative game recommendations. Obviously, you know how much I love Sleeping Guys. I've talked about that a ton. Yeah. All right, Josh. Next, Dexterity Games. Uh, and they're list recommends dungeon party a game of cat and mouth in a flash yes. firefighters clask and tukey i have clask i have yet to play it <laughs> that might okay. be a thanksgiving game so um i would say i you know what my son loves fire trucks too so you know what i'll say in a flash firefighters because Haba does great games. They do do great games. I would agree there. I'm not a huge dexterity game person, uh, but I think Tukey sounds kind of nice. Race to use snow blocks or recreate a target image with your colorful shapes. That sounds fun. Yeah. So I'll go with Tukey. But yeah, like I said, not a huge dexterity game person. Uh, after that, then they have escape room slash detective games. Uh, the recommendations are Chronicles of Crime 1900, Escape Tales, Children of Wormwoods, Exit the Game plus Puzzle, The Sacred Temple, the key sabotage of Lucky Llama Land. Oh goodness, the Sherlock Files <laughs> elementary entries and Vienna Connection. Josh, what game are you hoping to get under the tree from that group? Vienna Connection looks cool, but it's part of that detective series, which I feel like I'd want to start there. I'm I really am just dying to play a Sherlock Holmes games that would be that is good, and yeah. uh, that game I got was not a good start. Um, so I would guess uh, if I had to pick from this list, I would pick the Sherlock files. That is a good pick. That is a very good pick. Uh, just because of the name, I kind of want to go with the key sabotage of lucky llama land (laughs) because who doesn't want to say lucky llama land. That seems pretty great. Uh, so I think that's where I'm going to go with, with my pick there. Uh, family game, (laughs) family game is going to be some (laughs) that you've definitely heard of. Uh, Azul, Cascadia, Kotal. Draftosaurus, Sheepy Time, and Splendor. Josh, what are you hoping to get into the tree from that group? 
Well, I have most of these games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't played Cascadia or Draftosaurus yet. Um, so let's uh, say Codal. Codal seems pretty cool, and I like Aztec uh, myth. I almost called it mythology. I like Aztec history. <laughs> there you go. There you Which go. does incorporate some mythology. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Draftosaurus. Uh, just because I like dinosaurs, they seem great. Uh, and there's dinosaur little um, meeples, which is always nice. Uh, and I think it's like a draft, like a draft out of a bag game, if I recall. So that's how I'm always it's done a, that. It's also a Bowser game. Exactly. And I like Antoine Bowser. So there we go. All right. The next category is for the fans. So these are going to be based on IP. Um, Disney Villainous, The Goonies yeah. Never Say Die, Marvel Battle World Mega Pack, Stardew Valley, the board game. And unmatched cobble and fog. Josh, what are you going to open up Christmas morning? <laughs> well, I own all of them except for Battle World, so I would have to be <laughs> opening Battle World. Yeah, um, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> I'm actually very curious about Battle World, but um, every time I see the it Target, it's it's kind of like overpriced. I think for what you get, uh, so I haven't been willing to jump in yet. Um. They're really small figures, um, and they're not cheap. So I'm like, do I want to get into another collectible board game, and will I play it? And if by the time I play it, will all this be discontinued? So do I even want to just get the starter set and then have no way to add more characters? Right, for sure. So I think I would say my recommendation would be Villainous or Unmatched for somebody else. Yeah. I don't. I don't need anything uh, under the tree. I don't need Battle World though. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, for me, it'd be unmatched. Um, mostly because I found out my supervisor uh, at work is a big fan of Star Wars Epic Duels. Uh, so mm. having something that obviously the new, basically the new version of that that I could bring into the yeah. office one day and be like, "Hey, do you want to play?" Uh, would be really fun. So that's where I would go for that. So uh, next then is games for five to six players. Uh, the options: Dreadful Circus, Dream Crush. Dune, Mystic Paths, Not Alone, or Unfathomable. What uh, these games are you going to hope to have in your very large stocking, Josh? Okay, Dune is... A, this is the Gale Force 9 Dune. Um, I have wanted this game for the longest time. Yeah. Um, but I think, because I never played Battlestar Galactica, I would have to pick Unfathomable as what I want the most. I hear you there. I think Unfathomable does seem like a lot of fun. Uh, like you, uh, I I have I've seen the BSG game played. I've been around when it's been played. My downfall is I know this is the game for five to six players, but that is a minimum three player game. Uh, yeah, and that's Dune is two players. <laughs> yeah, and Dune is two players. Uh, so I'm going to go probably with either Dune or Dream Crush, just because the cover of Dream Crush looks cool and it's a totally timeless dating party game. So how how often do you get dating party games, Josh? Never. In exactly. Fact. So that's why we're gonna go with Dream. I'm gonna go with Dream Crush. Right, love so. Letter doesn't count, right? <laughs> I, well, I, actually, I played Love Letter just the other day for the first time oh, in a nice. long time. I forgot how good that game is. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I like Love Letter. Uh, okay. Next then on the list, heavy games. Maybe probably box weight, but I'm guessing they're saying difficulty. Uh, Clash <laughs> of Cultures Monumental Edition, Dominant Species Marine, Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy, Hollertau. Or Nemesis, Josh. What's your, what's going to be the heavy game you want? 
I mean, Nemesis, clearly. Um, I get th- I'm still trying to find my alien game. And I found a couple, like Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. But the alien-themed board game, or Aliens from Ravensburger, was fine. It wasn't great. So um, there is also another alien game, but I think Nemesis is probably... We talked to William about this. This is the big one. Right. This is the one that I, if I had the time and the players, I would want to play this one. Yeah, uh, I think Nemesis is a good pick. Uh, you know, Eclipse Second Down of the Galaxy, that game is bonkers overproduced in a cool way. Uh, yeah. If you look, the price right now is $313.50. Uh, so if I'm getting it as a gift, like, that seems pretty good. I have yeah. the first edition of Eclipse and I've never played it. Oh. Uh, so I probably should not get Eclipse sell again. Sell it, sell it. I, well, but I know, but it's the first edition, not the second edition. Um, yeah, it's got to be worth something, right? First edition maybe, for collectors? Maybe. And it's, <laughs> I, it, might, uh, it might still be in the plastic. I don't remember. I don't think it is. Oh. Um, but yeah. Holler Tau, though, probably is where I would end up going just because it's I a knew it. Uwe Rosenberg game. <laughs> um, it's super heavy and crunchy. You know, obviously all of these are. I uh, knew it. But, you know, that's <laughs> I'm a I guess I'm a mark for those sorts of games. So that box that I knew the second I saw that box, I'm like, <laughs> that's a Kyle game. <laughs> that's a Kyle game. All right. So next then legacy games uh, and most of these. Oh, boy, this is going to be actually pretty easy for me. So legacy games. Uh, Charterstone, <laughs> Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated, Gloomhaven, yeah. My City, and Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Josh, what are you hoping to sit down with your coffee on Christmas morning and, and unwrap? Actually, My City is on my list of games I want. Um, I keep catching it at stores randomly, not the same stores. I just like glance at it like in Barnes & Noble or at my FLGS. Um Seems really interesting to me. Uh, I'm curious how they they consider it family friendly. They say here in, in, in the description for ten plus. Um, you know, I played through Pandemic Legacy season one f- almost fully, but it's going to be too late to get. Oh wait, we did finish it. No, we didn't finish it. Um, and I don't need to ask Gloomhaven because I I got that. <laughs> yeah, you do got that. Um, I own. All of the games on the list other than My City. So My City is my oh. answer. <laughs> but it's a game I really, really want. And actually, when we did the when we recently bought all the extra games at Target, uh, this was the game I was hoping they'd have and they didn't. Um, so oh, I was a little yeah. bit bummed about that. So this might be on my Christmas list for games because I, I do really want to play My City. There's a um, Rise of Queensdale is also a legacy game by Queen Games. And that's on my list, too. Oh, good. Good suggestion. All right, Josh, moving on to middleweight games. Uh, the suggestions are Funfair, Islands in the Midst, Merchant's Cove, Terraforming Mars, Ares Ex- Expedition, and Witchstone. Josh, where are you going for this category? I've heard really good things about Merchant's Cove, so it's probably the most on my radar. Uh, yeah. So I'll pick Merchant's Cove. I would agree. Merchant's Cove is the one that I've also heard the most about, um, and it is something that... I think would be pretty cool though. I will say fun fair. I don't have like a lot of theme park games. Like I don't think I have any theme park games. Uh, So this might be, this might be fun um, because it's called fun fair. So that might be a a nice little change of pace is going that direction. That might be kind of where I'd lean in this category. But uh, I think just from looking at these games, I I think you can't really go wrong. They're all pretty solid. So 
All right, Josh, let's see how good our collections are, because these are all considered modern classics. Uh, Seven Wonders, second edition. Carcassonne, The Castles of Burgundy, Dominion, King of Tokyo, Ticket to Ride. Is there anything here that you would need to unwrap? I don't have Castles of Burgundy, so that would be the game I would put. I do have every other game. <laughs> gotcha. I technically don't have second edition of Seven Wonders, so I guess if you're stuck sticking to second edition, that would be the one that I'd have to unwrap, but I do have all the rest of these. But they are all great games. Uh, I actually played King of Tokyo again recently as well, so look at me playing all these old games. I don't typically talk about the board games that like we've talked about a ton, um, and that's yeah. kind of what I've been playing is is old games for the most part, so... All right, Josh, new releases. Bullet? Is that supposed to be Bullet Heart? Uh, I I think it's just Bullet, but yeah. Okay, but Bullet with a heart, heart after it. it. There, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, Genotype, a Mendelian genetics game. The Hunger, Imperium Classics, Korra, Rise of an Empire, and Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile, and of course, oh gosh, there's a lot of these, Picture Perfect, which we talked about recently on the podcast, and Red Rising. Josh, yeah. any of these sticking out to you? Yeah, a whole bunch of them. Um, I actually had Imperium Classics in my hand last weekend, and I was like, oh, I don't think this looks good. <laughs> so I put it back. I may revisit it, though. Uh, I also had Korra in my hands, and then I was like, oh, my wife won't want to play this. I also had Oath in my hands, and I was like, oh, this costs too much. Put it right it's back. It's expensive, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think Picture Perfect is is still on my list of games I want to play, just based off of hype. So, and I have Red Rising. I would love to play it, but yeah, it's just on that list of games I would love to play. <laughs> yeah, Picture Perfect is my pick too, just because it's so different from any other game that I've really ever seen. So for me, uh, that is yeah. also the game I'd want to find under the tree. All right, next step. So games that are maybe just like a step up in compl- uh, complexity, difficulty, all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, Cubitos. Everdell, Galaxy Trucker, Isle of Cats, the game that I've never known exactly how to say, but I think it's Nidavailer, and Wingspan. Josh, obviously I know you have a number of these. I do have a number of these. Which, uh, which, <laughs> so what, what does that leave you left to be able to get for a gift? You know, I've never played Galaxy Trucker, and I've always wanted to. That game stresses um, me out. <laughs> but I also... I'm very interested in Cubitos, but I also confuse it for that other amalgamated dice game that isn't Cubitos, um, where they have dice with faces on them and they're, it's a big box, and I can't remember the name of it, but I saw it recently. So I was like, wait, do I really want Cubitos or do I want that other game? I can't remember. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'll go with Galaxy Trucker because I know it's uh, like a board game. Like you aren't a board gamer unless you play Galaxy Trucker. <laughs> and yeah. I want to be a board gamer. You, you want to be a board gamer. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with Cubitos. I have Everdell. I've played a lot of Galaxy Trucker. Uh, I have Isle of Cats. I don't have Nidavl- Nidavler. Nidavler? Nidavler? Nid of how do you say that, Josh? Uh Nid Nidaviller? I don't know. You're saying it the way I would probably say it. So I don't have Nid, that game. Nidavailer. Uh, <laughs> it's a little Nidavailer. The designer of it is the person who designed Shadows Over Camelot, though. Um, oh, I'm more interested. I know, right? So maybe I'll go with Nidavailer. Um 
because it seems cool. So I'll go with that one. And it is card drafting, and I like card drafting. So that's where I'm going. So sorry, Cubitos, you lost out to a game I've never, I barely know how to say. All right. Next, then, a, another list where I think Josh is going to have a, a good number of these. Uh, we're going to go into party yeah. games. Code names, Decrypto, Dixit, <laughs> Just One, One Night Ultimate Werewolf, or Rorschach. Josh, what are you picking for the party games? Okay, I have zero interest in Decrypto because all it does is remind me of old cereal box prizes, yeah, and I yeah. hate that. Yep. Um, I have every other game except for Rorschach, and uh, I know it's rated low, but it's by Capstone Games. I like Capstone Games. I think Rorschach tests are interesting, so I'd be up for giving that game a shot. That seems like a good pick. Uh, yeah, I, I would go with that. Uh, I am going to have to go with just one because I don't have it, and people seem to really like it. It's uh, fine. I know, I know, you're not a huge <laughs> fan. Like it is, like the number three ranked overall party game over Game Geek. We might play um, it on so, Thanksgiving, <laughs> <laughs> and it did win the Spiel des Jahres, I think, or came was qualified yeah, for the Spiel des Jahres. It's fine. But... It's overrated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Like I said, I don't play many party games anyway, so I was like, <laughs> well. Which one of these is super cheap? Uh, what's the other thing? I already have code yeah, games, so then this one won. So, all right, Josh. <laughs> so you know the the category of games that for the last couple of years have been kind of taking the board game world by storm, and that's Rolling Rights. Uh, yeah. The recommendations here are Cartographers, Castle Party, Hadrian's Wall, Merchants of Magic, Rolling Realms, Seven Bridges, and Welcome to Josh. What you gonna pick up? You know, I frequently buy games from Deepwater Games and they publish or sorry, they distribute. They might publish also. Welcome to a game that was like two years ago or a year ago. It was like super huge. Everyone loved that game. I've never played it. Um, so I think I would pick that. Although Cartographers is a close second because I know that's in the role player universe. Right. Um, so that will be my close second. Yeah, I think of these cartographers is the one that I am most interested in. I'm surprisingly I've never played a roll and write yet, but you think after all this time I would oh. have. Though I do want to get Rolling Realms, um, but yeah, I think cartographers is the one that I would pick. Just seems to be the one that uh, has the most bu- buzz behind it. People really, really seem to enjoy. Uh, so that's I think the direction I was going to go there. Nice lanterns dice is also a good roll and write and affordable. Awesome, awesome. All right, listener, almost to the end of the list here. Uh, gonna go with solo games. Uh, you know, Josh and I love our solo board games, uh, yeah. or, or not so much. Um, <laughs> so our options: Coffee Roaster, Doom Machine, A Gentle Rain, Iron Helm, Lost Ruins of Arnak, which again, uh, the Search for Professor Cutel, which is a, an expansion for Lost Ruins of Arnak, um, and Mayscape Labyrinthos. What what you thinking there, Josh? What, what direction you want to go? Kyle, I bought Lost Runes of Arnak last week. It's what? coming. This it's coming this week. because uh, it was on sale for 30 bucks, and I was like, ooh, I gotta buy it. <laughs> Dang, yo. So there you go. That's uh, is that your pick then? No, I'm gonna go with coffee roasters because why not? I don't care about any game on this list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with coffee roaster because I like coffee. Okay, that's my reasoning. Um <laughs> next then stocking stuffers. The Kringle Caper, Don't Llama, The Mind, Quicks, Scout, and Star Realms. Josh, what you pick it up? 
Well, for other people, I suggest Star Realms. I also like the mind, but I don't love the mind the way that apparently they fabricated this huge following of when it came out. Um, I think I'm interested in Quicks. I've seen it everywhere. Um, so I'd be interested in trying it, but I've never played it. Yeah, I have Star Realms and I enjoy it. Uh, and the mind, I guess I, I feel like my answer is the mind only because I feel like it's one of those games that you kind of have to play at some point in your yes, board game I think career. So. Yeah, so I, I think that's probably the direction I would go. Though, honestly, I'm not super interested in any of these. Sure. My stocking stuff are my small box games. Like, I have a handful that I really like. Uh, so yeah. it would take something pretty impressive to, to kind of knock one of those out. Uh, next category, I think that we both are going to be pretty stoked about. Thematic games. Um, the suggestions here, Descent, Legends of the Dark, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth, Mansions of Madness, 2nd Edition, Mini Golf Designer, and Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, which of these fancy games, Josh, are you wanting to pick up or get for a gift this holiday season? Star Wars Rebellion, I've wanted since it released. And it has never come out at an affordable price for me, knowing that it will get limited plays. I think the price is fine for the game you get, but for me... I, I can at least get my wife to play it once. And then if she likes it, maybe again. But if she doesn't, I'm just sitting with a shelf full of expensive games behind me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so is that your pick then, though? That you still That's want Star Wars Rebellion? Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I haven't stopped wanting it. <laughs> uh, obviously, I have Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth. Uh, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion seems a bit redundant since I have Gloomhaven, but maybe... right it's easier to set up so that you know it does have characters that you can use in the gloomhaven game that which would aren't be nice. included in gloomhaven. Uh, but i think what i have to go with just because it is so different is uh mini golf designer i just think yeah. that game seems really fun uh <laughs> so i kind of want to check it out i know it is not super like it's highly rated the rating is very high but the rank yeah. on board game geek is pretty low and i just think that's maybe because a lot of people haven't played it um but yeah i that's the one that's most interesting of these because it seems pretty unique. All right. And then the final list is two-player games, Josh. On this list, Fields of Arl, Land versus Sea, Lawyer Up, Let's Make a Bus Route the Dice Game, Shobu, and Targi. Josh, what game do you want to sit down and play with your lovely wife? I'm most intrigued by Shobu, so I think... I would pick that because I really like um, abstract games. Mm -hmm. And actually, it turns out my wife does too. So oh, cool. that would work out in our favor, I believe. Although Targi is also a second close because I still haven't played that. Yeah, I think Targi is a game that I've meant to get for a really long time and I've never gotten it. Uh, we actually, I think I mentioned recently picked up Fields of Arl. So we do have that. Um, so I'll need to be playing that one here soon. But, you know, I... <laughs> Part of me really wants to go with Let's Make a Bus Route, just because I think it seems pretty neat. Uh, I have no idea if it's any good. It might be real bad. Uh, but I don't know. The, the bus driver on the cover looks very happy, so I'm going to go with Let's Make a Bus Route, the dice game. Because uh, I like rolling dice, even though I'm bad at it. So, hey, nice. listeners, there's some recommendations for some games for the holiday season from Board Game Geek, and then our recommendations based off their recommendations. So hopefully that helps you out. Uh, but if you do have other questions, if you're... Need some more help, some more guidance, some more suggestions for holiday buying guys for board games. Let us know. We're happy to help. 
All right, Josh, what is your second topic this week? Okay, well, let's make this. We can make this quick, right? Because we get a sure good, can. we get a we get a better one after this. <laughs> so, whatever happened to the un- whatever happened to uh, the untouchable Grand Theft Auto franchise? Uh, everyone was so excited for this uh, remaster <laughs> of the GTA trilogy, right? The original GTA. Well, actually, not the original. Uh, three, two, three, and four. Or uh, not really. It's like a little bit of in betweenies. Uh, <laughs> so not only uh, do we have a lot of people in our Discord who jumped on this because they were excited. It's even included on Game Pass. Um, one of them, uh, yep. San Andreas, and I, I think what happened was the thing that happened was that the thing no one expected to happen. Rockstar Games put out a broke. Uh, we, we broke ass game. We could say ass. Uh, they put out a broke ass game that they were charging money for. The kings of charging next to Nintendo, the kings of charging the same money for the same games over generations. Uh, who's still charging sixty dollars for GTA Five on next gen consoles? That's just basically running the PC build. <laughs> uh, um. And actually, I don't think it's 60 anymore, but uh, it's probably like 40. But uh, um, really just kind of dropped the ball on this. I don't really know um, if they've even fully acknowledged how much they messed up, but they did acknowledge um, a couple days ago, which I think is the this is kind of ironic or funny because it's ironic. Uh, but essentially what they're doing is for anyone who bought the GTA trilogy, <clears throat> Rockstar is offering free games to people who got those games. Um, do you know do you know what games they're offering for free, Kyle? The original versions of these remastered games. <laughs> exactly. The game that the games you bought ten years ago that you might not be able to play because of backwards compatibility issues, but if you have a PC, you definitely probably most likely still have these games. Uh, to some degree. So I think it's pretty interesting and, I don't know, frustrating. Like, I feel for the people who are really excited about um, these games coming back and maybe some misleading marketing to what the games are going to look like when they came back. But I think I'm just very surprised to see this coming from Rockstar. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? I'm really surprised that I f- it seems like Cyberpunk last year was a warning that many, many publishers and developers have heeded, and we've seen so many games delayed as a result. So and we just saw um something else just got delayed again until and I don't remember what it was off the top of my head. Dying no, Dying Light 2 didn't. Did it? I can't remember. I feel like something else just got delayed again because of wanting to like polish and, and and clean things up. And I I don't know what universe we were in where this game had, these games had to come out in this state. And I know that it was a different, it wasn't rockstar proper who was doing like the port, the remastering, but you got to imagine they were involved still. Right. Like it's I, their the, game. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, have to like, like oversee something (laughs) yeah the fact that these games came out in this condition like literally 
next gen systems dropping to like 20 frames a second right like how 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 for games that came out during the ps2 era i mean there have been comparison videos that show that this, these games ran better on vita than these remasters <laughs> are like yeah. how do, how do you mess this up this bad and i uh, these are the sorts of things that make it seem 100 percent like a cash grab that you really didn't take the, ter- the care that you should have with games that should have been something that's important to you, right? Like this is your legacy. Like you should care about what these games look like when they come out. And to top it all off, they remove the old versions from being able to be purchased prior to these coming out. So really, if you wanted to get the games, if you didn't have them, your only option was this broke version of it. And yes, they have fixed it on PC where if you bought it through them on their launcher that you'll get the old versions of the games for free, which is great. (laughs) <laughs> a weird compensation situation, but if you're on a console, like just too bad, so sad, you're out of luck. Um, so it, it's really disappointing, I think, more than anything. And more and more, we're seeing seeing what we thought were story developers make these pretty egregious missteps, both with Cyberpunk last year and now, you know, this year with the GTA trilogy. And then on top of that, you add on everything going on at Activision Blizzard for like those developers. Like, just a lot of things that are really, I think, shaking the confidence of consumers in the video game marketplace. And if you are someone who's trying to release premium games, how, like, how do you feel about this, right? Because, like, people are not going to probably, at some point, be as trustworthy that this game is going to be good or this game is going to work because look at how many times they've been bitten, you know? Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's disappointing to say the least. Uh, and I really hope that, you know, Rockstar has pledged that they're going to patch and fix these things, but how long is that going to take? And I think that's the big thing is, is when. Yep. Agreed. All right. Anything else about, uh, the GTA trilogy you want to talk about? Negative. Did you pick it up at all? Did you buy it anywhere or no? No. no I did no, not no. either. And I'm very thankful I didn't. So, all right. So Josh, our last topic this week then is of course... The Game Award nominees were announced, um, and it seems like most people aren't super thrilled with them, but hey, you know what? Let's go through, let's predict some winners anyway, because that's what we do, Um, and we'll talk, obviously, a a little (laughs) bit about, you know, whether we think these are good options or not. Um, So, I am taking the list from Games Radar. I'm not going to take it from the actual uh, Game Awards website, and I'm going to skip a whole bunch of things. Like, we're not going to cover any of the esports stuff, just because we're not okay. super knowledgeable about it. We're not going to talk, um, talk about Content Creator of the Year, uh, but we are going to talk about most of the other categories um, and just kind of go through both what we want to win and what we think will win, and then we'll talk overall at the end about, yay, are the Game Awards even worth it? So... Starting with then, we're going to start with innovation <laughs> and accessibility, just because I think we've actually all, I think we've played most of these games. Um, and even though maybe we don't need the accessibility, like other folks might need it, um, I think we still have some insight into kind of sure. seeing what this, these things do. So the Innovation and Accessibility Award presented by Chevrolet, of course, because Chevrolet is who I think of when I think of accessibility. Uh, the options are, or the nominees are Far Cry 6, Forza Horizon 5, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. Josh, thoughts on innovation and accessibility? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is the year, right, to focus on it. It's finally these game studios have put time into it. Um, I think Ratchet and Clank is probably the standout, although I would say, like, 
honorable mention to like Far Cry and Forza uh, for really going out of the way to show the accessibility. Yeah. Guardians might too. I'm just vague on if the options were like right in front of my face because I know every time I open Far Cry 6 and Horizon 5, they're right in front of my face. Yep. Um, But Ratchet & Clank definitely offered, I think, the biggest variety of accessibility options. Yeah, I I think that, and what's always challenging about this is it, and I don't mean challenging in a bad way, in that everything is always building, right? It seems like games that come out and like everyone sees like, oh, this cool thing was done. So then it gets added and everything just kind of compounds and compounds and compounds. So it's great to see that these options are available. I even talked about how um, in Far Cry 6, like I changed the color on the collectibles just so I could see them easier. Uh, yeah, you know, and yeah. it's nice to have those features just available to everyone. Uh, I would also pick Ratchet and Clank just because I think they did do some things a little more uniquely. Uh, but I do think that Forza would be a really, really worthy pick in this as well. Just from what I read, it seems like they're doing a lot of really cool things um, with even just being able to slow the entire game down, um, which is something Ratchet and Clank did as well. Uh, so though, I think, honestly, I don't know much about the Veil Shadow of the Crown, but any of these I think are worthy um winners and it's really cool to see all the work that uh developers are doing in this area because i think that's only positive uh, moving forward all right most anticipated presented by prime gaming uh i know josh's most actual most anticipated game is not on this list so we'll have to see then what he picks from elden ring god of war ragnarok horizon forbidden west sequel to legend of zelda breath of the wild i i love the fact that like they don't even have the actual title of the game yet yeah, we don't know it's probably um, going to be released at the game awards and they want to really like double down on that yeah uh and starfield so josh of those what is your most anticipated uh i mean horizon forbidden west uh and i think breath of the wild will win but they, it shouldn't but at, um, for me it's horizon forbidden west yeah, I I think God of War is still slightly more anticipated by me, but I am I don't want to say I'm looking forward to playing Horizon more, but since I know when Horizon is coming out, it's hard that like seems more mm. palatable, like palpable for me because like I like I already put days off from work, like I've requested days off. Please don't delay the game again. Like I, I have these things kind of in motion, so uh, I think for Horizon it just seems a little more real. Uh, but I think God of War, I, I am still really interested to see how they wrap that up. Whereas for Horizon, I don't think this is going to be a wrap up. Uh, hence why yeah. God of War wins out for me in a squeaker there. Uh, yeah, though I am hmm, I am oddly, and this will probably be surprising for me, I am oddly anticipating Starfield. Um, just because I think Xbox has released a couple bangers here at the end of the year. Uh, so I'm really yeah. interested to see like what Bethesda can do um, with a few years of support um, uh, on a on that game. So, yeah. All right, best multiplayer, uh, Back for Blood, It Takes Two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, or Valheim. What is your vote, Josh? What do you want to win? What do you think will win? Both, neither, either. But let's let's hear it. I think It Takes Two should win. Agreed. Uh, I would guess Valheim's going to win because we'll probably talk about how this is turned out to be a big money grab show so i bet <laughs> valheim wins <laughs> uh, i think it takes two i think it should win and i think it will win so that's my pick it takes two all right best sim strategy uh age of empires 4 evil genius 2 world domination humankind inscription and microsoft flight simulator josh what is your pick i have a tough time categorizing inscription as sim or strategy uh, but that's agreed. what i'm that's what i'm picking <laughs> yeah uh, I- I've played just a fraction of Age of Empires. 
which I, a game I love and I can't wait to play more of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've played a fraction of Humankind. I've played a fraction of Flight Simulator. I think Flight Simulator will win. Oh, okay. Um, just because of how big it was when it came out. Um, I, I know I'll pick Age of Empires over Inscription just because I don't see Inscription fitting in this category. Yeah, I mean, I would like Inscription to win here too. Since I think like 90% of the vote or 90% of the decision deciding vote comes from, I think, uh, the game jur- the jury of who voted for yeah. these in there. I-, I think it could potentially win. Um, and that's what I would like to win, but I'm also going to pick Age of Empires 4, I think I think is what will win. All right, best sport slash racing, because apparently these are always the same category. Whatever. Uh, F1 2021, FIFA 22, Forza Horizon 5, Hot Wheels Unleashed, and Riders Republic. I feel like I know what you're going to say, Josh, but what's your pick? There's one sports game in there. <laughs> yeah. FIFA. One. FIFA. The, the, uh, the, the, the criminal corporation of FIFA is nominated <laughs> in this category. Um, yeah, I picked Forza Horizon 5 because it wasn't nominated for Game of the Year and Rebel Rebel, Rebel Rebel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Forza will win. Uh, so far, my pick is Riders Republic, but like I said, I'm going to play more Forza and maybe that will sway my opinion. But um, yeah, I think Forza will win. And deservedly so. Like, I think it's a great game. So uh, best family, uh, it takes That's two. That's Nintendo game. <laughs> yeah, best Nintendo game. Uh, it takes two. Uh, Mario Party Superstars, new Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury and WarioWare Get It Together. Josh, what is your best family game? Okay, the best game on that list is It Takes Two, but it is not a family game. Yeah, I think that's an interesting place to put that game. Yeah, uh, so I will pick Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Remember not that long ago we were talking about how like new Pokemon Snap just like showed up but then like kind of just like went away, it seemed like. Yeah. Uh maybe this is where it returns. I'm gonna pick new Pokemon Snap. I don't oh. think it's gonna win, but I I, I want a dark color set. I think Mario Party Superstars is probably what's gonna win though. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. Best fighting game right up Josh's cat uh you know, Josh's caliber of category <laughs> <What>? here. <laughs> you like fighting games, you like to punch things in games. Yeah. I yeah. Do. Uh, I will say I I don't <laughs> haven't played any of these games. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no, ya- no Yaba, the Hinokami Chronicles. That was all one game, by the way. Uh, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, or Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. Uh, Josh, what do you think is going to win? I still want to play Guilty Gear Strive. I haven't played it yet. I I have to pick Virtua Fighter Five. Uh, Ultimate Showdown. Uh, I've heard Demon Slayer is very good, so that could win. But um, uh, I'll say I think Virtual Fighter Five, and I think Demon Slayer will win. Gotcha. I'm gonna just pick yeah, Guilty Gear for both because eh, I think Guilty Gear Strive sounds cool, and Arc System Works. I know makes games people really like, so we'll go sure. with that one. Uh, best role playing game: <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus. Shin Megami Tensei 5 or Tales of Arise. Josh, what's going to be the best role-playing game? Okay, I would pick Cyberpunk 2077. Uh-huh. I think Tales of Arise will win. Yeah, I would pick Tales of Arise, and I think Tales of Arise is going to win. Cyberpunk might, uh, just because I know a lot of people... No way that PC. game wins. <laughs> you don't think so? You don't think there's any way? Like, it had to get, it he, got nominated, so enough people voted for it to get nominated. 
Jeff Keighley would get laughed off of Twitter if they let Cyberpunk win. I mean, you can't let them win. It's not a game. Like I was (laughs) able to play it. it. I was able to play right, and I didn't. I didn't run into a fraction of the issues everyone else ran into. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I. I I don't. I'm not the majority. (laughs) Yeah, I I pick Tales of Arise. I think it's. I think this is Tales coming out year. It's the fastest selling game in the series. Scored yeah. really, really well. People really seem to like it, so that's where I'm going. All right, best action adventure game. Yeah, weird category. Uh, I know these. Yeah, uh, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid yeah. Dread, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, uh, Resident Evil Village. Uh, before Josh, you give me your pick. I'm going to say yeah. this category slaps. These games are all really good. Uh, I don't know that <laughs> yes. you can go wrong, but what is your pick here, Josh? So uh, I really, I I haven't played Metroid Dread, right? That's the only game I haven't played on this list. Um, I have finished two of these games. Uh, I really, you know, what's hard for me is I really love Guardians of the Galaxy almost as much as I loved Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so tempted to give Guardians the pass because it's not a platformer to the extent that Ratchet and Clank is, but you do a lot of sliding. I I still think I have to pick Ratchet and Clank as much as I like Guardians, and I think, um, and I think Metroid Dread will win, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think, I mean, Psychonauts Two really stands tall in this category too. It's hard. I think Metroid Dread or Psychonauts Two is going to win. but for me, it would be is really close between Ratchet and Clank and, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right now, I think I would pick Guardians of the Galaxy, but I think that also might be recency. Um, sure. So, like in two weeks, I might feel very different about it. Uh, but both those games are really good. Like I said, this whole category is very good. I've played Metroid Dread, haven't quite finished it, but I think I'm pretty close to the end. Obviously, just started Resident Evil Village. Plan to still play Psychonauts two. Um, so this overall really solid group of games in here. So can't I don't think you can really go wrong with any of them. Uh, to be tr- totally honest, uh, best VR AR, uh, Hitman 3, I Expect You to Die 2, Lone Echo 2, Resident Evil 4, Sniper Elite VR. Uh, Josh, have you played any of these? Well, I played Hitman 3, but not in VR. Same. Um, I've certainly played Resident Evil 4. Um, Resident Evil 4 VR is on my wish list on Oculus, so I will pick that um, for both because I really don't know who could take this category. Yeah, I think VR enthusiasts will tell you Lone Echo 2 is the best, like maybe one of the best VR games ever made. But I think Resident oh. Evil 4 will win. So um, that's just from my Adding perspective. Of, the wish list. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, that's just from my perspective uh, from people who I know who play a lot of VR. They think Lone Echo 2 uh, is is really, really, really good. Um, but I think Resident Evil 4, just from a mainstream appeal, is, is going to take the category. So uh, best mobile game presented by Verizon. Uh, Fantasian, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Wild Rift, Marvel, Marvel Future Revolution, or Pokemon Unite. Um, I think this is going to come down to either Genshin Impact or Pokemon Unite. Uh, and I really am not sure which one is going to take it, but I'm going to lean and guess and say Genshin Impact. Josh, what's your pick for best mobile game? Ooh, um, I played Marvel Future Revolution. I enjoyed it. I didn't continue playing it, though, so not that much. So I'll pick Pokemon Unite because I actually really enjoyed that and i don't like mobas yeah i do think pokemon unite is probably going to win but i i think i would pick engine impact just because it's the one i've played the most of these 
Okay, best community support. Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. Which direction do you go in here, Josh? Destiny 2. Great community oh. support from Bungie. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm going to pick Apex Legends. I think that one's going to take it. I think Apex is having a breakout year and is, and the number of players continues to grow for that game. I'm not saying it isn't for these others as well, but I, I just think Apex Legends seems to be, from my perspective, getting the most like positive press about like their continued support and improvement of the game. So Sure. Um, but all these games seem pretty great and have really strong communities. So awesome. All right. Games for Intact. The nominees are Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Uh, my pick in this is going to be Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, I think that it does tackle some pretty challenging, potentially, topics um, in in very uh, well-done ways uh, with some really, actually, overall, very thoughtful writing and, and some um, ways that they kind of address those things. So that would be my pick. Uh, Josh, do you have a strong feeling or vote for games for impact? I've only played Boyfriend Dungeon in this group, and I didn't love it. So... I'm going to just guess that Life is Strange wins based off of its pedigree. Awesome. All right. Uh, best performance, Erica Mori as Alex Chen, Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn, Maggie Robertson as Lady D, and Ozomo Agaka as Juliana Blake. Josh, who are you thinking? I... I think I have to go with Jason Kelly as Colt um, from Deathloop, even though I really like, well, I really love Giancarlo Esposito as an actor, but I really like um, what Jason did with Colt in Deathloop. Yeah, I I actually don't think Giancarlo Esposito is that great in Far Cry 6. Like, I think he's fine, (laughs) but I don't think, I I really don't think he's that great in the game. Maybe, like I said, I don't know. I, I think he's fine. Uh, but I, I do think that Jason Kelly is probably going to win, and deservedly so. I would pick Erica Mori for Alex Chen, but I think Jason uh, Kelly is a, a great pick for uh, as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop, for sure. Uh, best audio design. Another g- group of games that are just so good. Uh, Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, or Returnal. Uh, Josh, best audio design. Where are you going? You know, it's tempting to go with Forza because of how much audio design goes into that game, but I can't overlook returnal um it has to be returnal for me <laughs> yeah i returnal like for every, anything else you might think about the game the audio design in returnal is absolutely exceptional so i i really have to go there as well um i it's one of the ones i feel most strongly about not saying these other games aren't great but returnal's audio design is just something special so that is yeah. my pick there uh best score in music cyberpunk 2077 Deathloop, Near Replicant, Marvel, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and The Artful Escape. Uh, for me, I know this probably sounds... Prob- I have to pick Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for the <laughs> fact that they created an entire 80s metal band, which I, I, I don't know how you don't pick that. <laughs> and the rest of the music's really good, too. Yes, there's a lot of licensed song, and they're great, uh, but I think even just the rest of the soundtrack and orchestration is very, very good. Um, and I'm sure all these other games are really good. Your replicant, I know, is very excellent, but I have to go with Guardians of the Galaxy. Josh, what's your pick? I was playing Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and I did a team uh, huddle, and then it started playing New Kids on the Block. How could you not pick this game? Lucas from Flexipose, he DM'd me on Discord showing me that 
that the Guardians of the Galaxy game vinyl soundtrack went up for pre-order. It includes one vinyl that includes the entire Star-Lord band and one vinyl that is the game soundtrack. And I was like, yep, I'm also pre-ordering this. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> that is very cool. Awesome. Uh, so Josh and I are in agreement there. Uh, best art direction. This one's tough. Uh, Deathloop, Kane, a Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, or The Artful Escape. Josh, what's your pick here? Psychonauts 2, no question. I would agree. I think that all these games are beautiful in their own right, but I think Psychonauts 2 commits to its art direction um, pretty darn, like, I, I mean, the whole whole way through. Like, that game yes. has, has a very specific way it's going, and you might not like it. I think there are some people who are maybe turned off by it, but uh, I, I think it does an excellent job of it. So, best narrative, Josh. Deathloop, It Takes Two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, or Psychonauts 2. Um, I am going to actually go ahead and pick Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. The game was actually much more um, thoughtful than I anticipated the narrative being, and it had a far more complex. I think that It Takes Two and um, Life is Strange are both worthy, deserving winners as well, but Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was surprising to me how thoughtful it was and how well the humor that was in it worked so that's what i'm going to pick what's your your choice there josh well i i'm picking it takes two and we didn't we uh played a a good chunk but we didn't even finish it and and what we experienced narrative wise i thought was was tough and great at the same time it felt very real it didn't feel forced it, you know, it felt like this was a really uh, struggling family, and and I really appreciate that for that. Uh, awesome. Maybe not the most exciting storyline ever, but it definitely felt uh, real and a yeah. great narrative. Yeah. Okay, we're we're getting close to the end here. Uh, best debut indie: Cana uh, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, The Artful Escape, The Forgotten City, or Valheim. Josh, where are you going for the best debut indie? Got to go with Kenna. Um, it got some, you know, it had some bumps. It wasn't as uh, smooth sailing as everyone thought, but it's still a very, very impressive game from a very small studio. Um, so I think it's still a great game and definitely a must play if you have a PS5. Yep. And I'm on the same page. I think that not a perfect game by any means, but I, I think did a lot of things really, really well. And the things that it didn't uh, are things that, still make me excited for what they do in the future. Um, so that is my pick as well. So, you know, I, I'm excited to see what comes next from Ember Lab for sure. All right. Best Indie. The nominees were 12 Minutes, uh, Death Door, Cater Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero. It seems like one of these games is the odd game out for the most part. But Josh, what is your <laughs> pick for Best Indie? Well, apparently I'm going to... Um find out that that store is the best one this week when we get to play it on Tuesday. Um, but for me, it's inscription right now. Yeah, I'd agree. It's inscription for me as well right now, though that's a uh, death store. Um, yes. We'll be coming to PlayStation and switch here in just a few days. Actually the day you're listening to this. Um, and I'm sure Josh and I will both be j- jumping into that as well, since you know, it's a, we, we have a pre-order. So, all right. The best ongoing game. And actually did they miss a category here? They did miss a category here. One second. Because they have action adventure, but there's also like a best like action game category. 
Okay, well, I'll get that. I'll go grab that here in just a second. Um, I'll find it while you... Okay, so best ongoing then. Uh, Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV, Fortnite, and Genshin Impact. Uh, This is a tough one because I think all these games uh, are... Oh, man, people really do love them and play them a ton. I'm going to go ahead and vote Genshin Impact. Maybe I'm just, it's my echo chamber that's really talking so much about this game. And I know these are the Fortnite, Call of Duty, and Apex are very much more mainstream. Final Fantasy obviously has its very strong fan base. But man, the number of people playing Genshin is, is I think, surprisingly large. Um, and they're giving content constantly for, in that game. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and pick Genshin Impact. All right. Let me get this. It opened its own window because why wouldn't it? Of course. Uh, what were the nominees? What were we at? Ongoing? Yes. Uh, I got. I got to stick with Apex Legends. I mean, uh, I love Apex Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Josh, did you find that missing category? Best action game. Thank you. The nominees are Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. I would pick Returnal. Over Far Cry 6 even, Josh. Yes, but to be fair, I haven't put a lot of time into Fire Cry 6. So that could change. But right now, um, I put (laughs) dozens of more hours into Returnal, and I do think (laughs) that the game is... uh, I think the Returnal stands alone, honestly, in a lot of categories. Yeah, I would also pick a Returnal. I I really love that game. It's going to be very high on my Game of the Year list. I don't know quite how high yet, but it's going to be up there. So in that category, I would also pick Returnal. So we'll see. Do you think that actually is going to win? Uh, it it's up against a lot of good games. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, to I see. mean, no, Far Cry Six will probably win. Probably. So. Okay, last two categories here. Best Game Direction. The nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Um, I'm just going to go out and say it. I think Psychonauts 2 is going to win this. Um, or Deathloop. One of those two. Again, it's funny I would that vote you for say Returnal. That. <laughs> yeah. I would vote for Returnal, but I, I know I'm kind of a... A PlayStation stand. I just, I just really, really liked Returnal. I thought it did a lot of cool things. Um, and from a game direction standpoint, I, I think really fits well with that. Uh, but I do really think either either gonna be second nuts two or Deathloop is gonna win. Uh, Josh, what's your pick here? I also agree with you. I think I would, I would pick Returnal. Um, but I do think Deathloop has some, like, it really. I know it, it builds off of Dishonored. I get that, right? That's like. Hey, this game isn't that much different from Dishonored, but I didn't like Dishonored, and I do think this game is closer to Returnal than it is to Dishonored. Um, mm. Like as far as that sci-fi aspect, and I think it does have a, an original story um, and a great take on gameplay. So I think the game direction is really good for Deathloop as well. Yeah, um, and Psychonauts too, obviously. But um, all right. these games could easily win, and I'd be okay with it for sure. All right, so then finally, game of the year. Uh, what might be the most controversial category. Uh, the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Uh, I, for me, my game of the year isn't even in here, which is fine. Uh, I, think Death- <laughs> I think Deathloop is going to win. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And I think probably deservedly so. I, I don't think it's a bad game by any means. I need to put more time in it. It's just not a game that was super for me. Uh, but I, I do think Deathloop is going to win. But yeah, I, I, I think... Honestly, at this point, none of these would surprise me. I always try to predict what I think the industry is going to pick, you know, because that's who matters the most. And I think of all of these, Deathloop is the one that had the most universal acclaim. People like yeah. all of these games, like overall, but I think that was the one that was like the most people shouting from the rooftops um, about their love for it. So that's why I'm picking Deathloop. What's your pick, Josh? Okay. Well, from the category that has every game that was in every other category before this, <laughs> right? I, uh, I think okay i i would pick ratchet and clank oh okay i think i gotta include a nintendo bump <laughs> oh you think that uh, metroid I dread i think gets that it? they pick metroid dread and i don't i don't yeah okay that's what i okay. think all right so we'll see obviously in just a couple of weeks here uh in december uh december 9th thursday december 9th uh when the, is when the show is uh, obviously if you've ever watched the game awards before number one they're really long uh number two they announce the category the winners in like like a whole Pretty bunch show. real quick and then they give like <laughs> they get like 30 seconds of the game award and then it's like a whole bunch of trailers uh jeff Keeley said there's 30 to 40 games that are going to be at the game awards as far as like not trailers big deal go. uh so <laughs> it's e3 it, it, in december <laughs> so uh including some reveals some re-reveals um some updates on anticipated games so we'll see uh but josh you know after this game the game award nominees were announced and we're going to do this quickly because we are kind of getting a little long in the tooth here you know there were a lot of people who are really frustrated by the games that were nominated for game of the year uh yeah what is your thought on that? Do you think it like really matters in the end? And is there a good way, like how, what's the best way for an award show like this to come up with a list for the games? I mean, Windows Central basically said that like, Hey, the fact that Forza Horizon isn't on here shows that like the entire like video game industry or is a, is a joke basically. And yeah. I don't know if I go that far, but you know, here's Windows Central saying like, "Hey, a Microsoft game is dominated." <laughs> so like, it's a it's a joke. Yeah. It's like, well, okay. Uh, but what are your thoughts overall? Like, are you okay with this list? Do you think they missed out on some? And what's the best way to put a list together like this that can make everyone happy? Is that even possible? I understand people being mad about Forza. I, yeah, I get sure. it. I sure. I totally understand that. Uh, yeah, I 100 think it should be on the list of game of the year awards. Like they're not like just put another game on there. Do like the Academy awards and add two titles like to every category, whatever. Cause you already know who you can vote for. Um, I don't care about the game awards winners. I watch the game awards for the trailers. Um, and I think it's, and I think the only way that they change that is they need to have a more relevant, um committee than the ESRB or themselves. There needs to be something more similar to the Academy of Voters, which is still tough. I'd always I don't always agree with the Academy of Voters for films. But if they could if someone could put together an official um and Jeff Keighley would be the one to do it since he calls it the game awards but like actually let you know, these are the people who are voting. This is how much time they have in the industry. 
I mean, like, but they kind of do. Like they tell you that it's like don't 100 let people, people vote. Don't let people vote. Don't yeah, let people, people vote. But people's vote is 10%. I know, but people don't know that. We talk about it. <laughs> You're right. But they don't like, they don't go on and read the fine print about how like how much their vote counts. Right. But like even the nominees though, like you don't get to vote on the nominees. The nominees are a list of 100 people within the industry yeah. who are the ones who created the list of nominees. And then yes, we That's get to true. go vote. But our vote only counts for ten percent of like who wins. Like, I mean, he's kind of. I mean, that that's kind of like the academy. He's kind of doing it. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I just don't like. You know what? It's different than movies, and I think that's my it problem. Is. I'm trying. Yeah. To, I'm trying to compare them to movies. I'm gonna play a video game if I'm interested in it. Uh, period. Right. I might not see a movie if it gets a bad review. Video yep. games, I'm not affected that way. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's my disconnect with the game awards. I don't care who wins. It's nice to see um, people win that really like care about it. But I would argue even uh, some of the people that show up don't even like have enthusiasm about winning. <laughs> right. So you know, like, I don't know what the industry thinks about these awards. Yeah. Well, we know what Windows Central thinks about these awards, apparently. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and if Roger and Clank was like absent, like you know how bad that would be. Oh yeah. For <laughs> Obviously sure. different different story like um between windows of release, but even when they said like Horizon missed the cutoff, it didn't because the cutoff just ended two days ago. <laughs> so like, yeah. <laughs> like they yeah, didn't for, miss any cutoffs. Well, and it was, and it's and it was not nominated for audio game. design. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's just some weird stuff with that, but I mean Overall, I don't. I don't care. I like to. I do like to watch the game awards. I know a lot of people think it's a bit much, but um, if I have the time to do it, I'm happy to sit down and watch them. Or I'll just go to YouTube and watch all the trailers after. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, and I do think that the argument for Forza being on the list is totally legitimate. Like it, it is a yeah. game that should be considered for being the best game of the year. Um, but I think you run into that no matter what award show you do. Like any award show, there's always going to be someone left off the list because the list in and of its nature yes. is exclusive, right? So it is going to remove things that are going to be for some people. It's going to remove things that f- should be there for some people. Uh, you know, I think Resident Evil Village, it seems like is the most controversial one on the list. It seems like that. Seems I like guess the- I love <laughs> Resident Evil Village. <laughs> right. And like I said, I'm not even saying that that is controversial. It just that that's yeah. the one that most people pointed to to be like, why is that there when Forts is not? Right. And yeah. what I find kind of fascinating, sure. and maybe I just haven't seen it. I, I think I would have like, I don't see a ton of people upset that Returnal is not on the list, even though it was nominated for best game direction, best action game. But then it's not nominated for like game of the year. Like that seems weird, right? Yeah. Yep. You know, so anytime you have categories like this that break things down it it is always going to exclude something and i think if we just remember like that this is like just one game like this is like one like best of award that exists like one of like there's literally hundreds of them you know like and just because forza doesn't win this one doesn't mean it's not going to win a hundred other ones for game of the year and what what matters most is if it's number one game in your heart that's really (laughs) what matters at the end of the day okay (laughs) so and kind of like you said, at this point, the game awards are just are an excuse to get together to watch trailers. That's really all they are at this point. The awards are very much second fiddle to to everything else that's going on. So, so yeah, 
Any other thoughts, Josh, on the Game Awards and the nominees overall? Uh, hey, it's a thing. And I'm going to watch it. I will also watch it. And I'm sure right after <laughs> December 9th, that whatever show date would be after that, we will talk about the winners and the losers and the trailers and what we loved and what we didn't love and all that good stuff. So with that, we are going to move on and do our homework updates. Obviously, every two weeks, Josh and I give one another homework to do, report back on how it's gone and assign some new homework. Two weeks ago, mm. Josh was assigned to play Rolling Realms, the board, the read and write board game from Stonemeyer. Uh, and I was assigned to play Resident Evil 8, which I got a whole 20 minutes played of. So I'm going to at least give myself a satisfactory grade. Not saying it's a great grade, but I, I did it. Uh, Josh, Rolling Realms, I haven't heard you talk about it. I played it. Um, I had to play it solo. Okay. So, you know, I wasn't thrilled about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. The solo variant that's included in the game is actually a is a golf um, uh, game where you're actually playing on holes, and each hole gives you an objective and tells you cards to play. But essentially, what Rolling Realms is, it's a game that Jamie Stegmaier designed during quarantine as like just something he could print and play with friends, um, and send it around the internet. And then people really seemed to like it, so he decided then he would go into full production on it. And uh, it's only 20 bucks. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to jump on that because that seems like it would be cool. So the game has decks. They're all themed around um, Stonemaier Games games. It is a roll and write. So it comes with um, dry erase uh, markers and a cloth and some dry erase um, cards. But ironically, the single player um, sheet is not... um, uh, uh, wipe off. So oh, really? I'm using my, so I'm filling it in and knowing I'll only get to play this once. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, okay. and, uh, or print a new copy. So, yeah. So you only have two dice in the game and you're basically, um, depending on what, what hole you're playing. If you're playing single player, you'll have different objectives in each game. Like the game you start, the games you start with is Tapestry, Scythe, and shoot, maybe Charterstone. I forget. Uh, you start with three of those. And then each card has a goal. And in the first hole, the goal is to get in under par. And it's a par one, but you have to look. It's a little bit more complicated. You have to look at what their special rules say, which says par one is getting seven stars, which are essentially victory points. Uh, the first time I played, I only got six. I came short, so I had to go again. They basically say in the so- single game, if you go uh, more than five attempts, you have to ra- write a five, so a scratch, like if you're playing mini golf or something. Um, and each hole is different. There's 18 holes. You can play as much as you want, as much as you have to fill in on the sheet. Um, and then I'm I'm more interested to play it uh, with other people now to see how that plays. Um but I didn't hate it. It was it was uh, even having played solo. I didn't hate it, so I'll probably like it with more people. Um, fairly simple concepts, uh, probably tougher um, in practice, like pretty much any Stonemaier game. Gotcha. Well, nice job. You get an A plus for having for oh, sticking you. it out and playing it solo, even though you I know you didn't want to. So nice work. <laughs> Uh, Josh, what is what is your homework for me for two weeks from now? Oh, Kyle, I don't know. What is my homework for you? I can give you your homework first if you need to think for a second. 
It's going to be really quick, I mean, though. So. Yeah, you can give me mine. That's fine. I don't think uh, Josh, I'll think quicker. Uh, you need to play Death's Door. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Oh, okay. Well, that should be easy to do. Uh, Kyle, 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 Kyle. You need to... What do you need to do? Um, You need to sit tight while I open Game Pass. <laughs> I'm very good at sitting tight, so that's good. I can handle this part. If that's my whole assignment, I am... I'm stoked. I got it in the bag. Okay, great job so far. Okay, good. A little, good. Chat, so you're okay a little chatty time. for my like. Okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> actually, uh, I want you to play Age of Empires 4. It's already downloaded on my computer, so that's perfect. Perfect. Awesome. All right, so two weeks from now, Josh is going to have played Death's Door. I will have played Age of Empires 4, and we're going to give you some updates and all that good stuff. All right, moving on to listener questions. It sounds like we have a, a an email for you to read, Josh. I know, but I'm like, I think I think we have to make Paul our Matt Damon to our Jimmy Kimmel. And unfortunately, we ran out of time for Paul tonight. I swear we'll read his email next week's episode. Do we need to make um, it this topic? We, we might. Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's just a friendly email, so we'll cover uh, Paul. I promise, I will most likely. <laughs> read your email next week <laughs> awesome okay well paul hang tight we got you we got you uh then we're gonna move on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life obviously we're a gaming podcast but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life josh what is your recommendation this week oh my recommendation is cowboy bebop on netflix i've never watched the uh, anime uh so i come in with no baggage and uh, I'm just really digging the show a lot. It is um, hyper stylized. I like the actors. Uh, the story is intriguing. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, I got a lot of. I actually tweeted in. The, I tweeted. I messaged in the Discord. I got a lot of Firefly meets a show, an anime called Cowboy. Uh, Cowboy. I'm called. Samurai Champloo, which actually it may, I ended up buying the complete set on Blu-ray, even though I have it on DVD somewhere, um, because it really made me want to rewatch that. Um, but Devin, uh, who is a super fan of Cowboy Bebop, I think he's he's like he doesn't see any of those comparisons, but he also watched the show, so so don't take my comparisons to be maybe accurate, but that's how what what I saw. Um, and I really enjoyed it. John Cho is incredible in it. So uh, check it out. Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Awesome. Uh, my recommendation is the next thing you eat on Hulu. Uh, big thanks to Splig for asking if I'd watched this yet because it was on my list. And I'll be honest, Hulu does such a bad job of like marketing their shows. I forgot it had come out already. I knew that this was a <laughs> thing that was coming out, but I didn't realize that it had actually already come out uh, just because when I go to my Hulu app, you would think this would be the thing it would surface, and it totally didn't. Um, so it, it looks at uh, David Chang is the person who it kind of uh, is the star, if you would. And it kind of looks at like where food is going and kind of how we're going to be getting our food moving forward. Um, so both with like the impact of the pandemic, but just kind of with how um society is working the way that you know we're the industry of food works and all of those good things um 
it, it just kind of takes a, a look at that both from a restaurant perspective, but also from a home perspective, kind of where are we going to be getting our food in the future? And what is the impact of the way we're going to be eating our food in the future? Um, so really well done. If you like David Chang, I know saying you rub some people the wrong way, but I think he's great. Um, go ahead, check out the next thing you eat on Hulu um, and sell Splig. Thank you um, for reminding me to watch it because it, it's super, super good. All right, Josh, it's been a long one. What do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with VG, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with VG. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardofthevg at gmail.com. And I swear we will talk about your email at some point in the future. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji, So please use that hashtag as well on all social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, for my plugs this week, I am going to go ahead and plug a different podcast. Uh, because I was on it. Um I was on the We the Gamer cast with Sean Capri. Uh, he had me on uh, last week. The episode drops. Today is Sunday for us. So tonight for his subscribers on the 23rd for anyone who isn't subscribed. So that's We the Gamer cast on wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't gotten enough of me uh, already, uh, check that episode out. We talk about comics and um extra life and briefly talk about board games uh but it was fun and i enjoyed talking to sean capri it's almost like he does it professionally for a living because he was very easy to talk to (laughs) (laughs) kyle where can people find you uh so you can find me on all the usual places twitter instagram playstation network xbox live board game geek as always if you have oh we're at at psychocross c-y-c-o-c-r-o-s-s uh, as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.